0: Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Pleasure Missy, who's a mining manager at X XRO Resources. Um, and he's going to talk to us about his passion, which is around the subject of moving from digital strategy to operations. Um, Pleasure has an industrial engineering background um, and been in the mining industry for over 15 years. Um, and he's worked for companies like Anglo-American. Uh, for nearly a decade Um, and was also nominated finalist for the South African Rising Star in Mining and Minerals back in 2020. Um, He's also going to be speaking at the upcoming Mines and Money event in London at the end of November um so to be sure be sure to uh, reach out to if you uh, if you're there um also tickets if you ticket if you want tickets they're going to be in the show notes accompanying this podcast there's also a discount as well so let's get straight to this podcast and that's welcome pleasure how are you doing pleasure
1: no i'm great i'm great and thanks rob uh, uh for a minute i thought you were talking about someone else there eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's what I found. That's what I felt That's what I found online with you. And congratulations, obviously, for being a finalist. So, as we always start these podcasts off, I wonder if you can give the audience um, a brief overview of yourself
1: about your career and about your background. No thanks, Rob. I think you, you've already touched base on a bit of my background. So, industrial engineer by background, very much. Uh, disruptive background for a mining manager. Um, I think traditionally you find mining engineers being mining managers. So really, I've uh, got uh, over 15 years in mining, uh, different roles in Anglo-American uh, and also with Xaro. So i filled in very strategic roles where I look after business strategy, uh, looking at uh, the entire organization as to where to position Exaro for the future. And then we also looked after the digital transformation. I think it's a, a subject that a lot of people are got to interact with, a lot of people globally, and uh, also we be speaking about in the Minds and Money conference that's coming up. And then also looked uh, after uh, business improvement or operational excellence and performance, where you're looking at bottom-line uh, basic things about productivity, cost, and safety and really how to impact the bottom line and make sure that you get the desired business outcomes. Other than that, I'm married uh, to a beautiful wife, Gwen Nisi, and also with two girls, uh, uh, so very passionate about women empowerment as well.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I bet your household is very uh, very difficult sometimes with three, three females onto one.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> We need a gentleman. We need another gentleman in the house. Eh? So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, from your experience, what are the key challenges um, your organisation has faced when embarking on such a transformational strategy?
1: Look, I think uh, I've, I've spent about, um, I think I've been around 15 operations, you know, in mining alone. So, just uh, in my ten years in uh, in uh, in, um, in Anglo American, been around all the coal operations, and uh, was fortunate enough to also spend time in Los Bronces, uh, one of the big copper mines, and uh, also with Exaro, one of our biggest uh, coal mines, Platachelik, uh, underground operations, uh, both in Anglo and Exaro, and also the open cast operation. So. The reason why I'm making such a reference, and also uh, the Australian uh, metallurgical operations where we implemented some of the management operating systems in my mat- uh, time with Anglo. The reason why I'm making such reference to all these uh, operations is that commonly problems uh, or challenges uh, that mining companies suffer tend to be similar. You know, So when we particularly talk about the strategy or the digital transformation, what I've learned or what we picked up is that a lot of these operations do not know where to start. So you, you get to attend, you get to conferences, you have great innovation that is taking place and also get to talk to your colleagues across the world doing great stuff. Uh, all these digital things with data science, um, you hear words of uh, automation and you know, cloud and all of those things. But I think as a simple miner, all miners need to know is where to start. Where do I start eating this big elephant? I think in, in my lesson and um, when I joined um, Exaro in particular, where I had to decode and really relook look at the strategies that they had put in place, we, we started looking at some of the innovations that they had put in place. And what we picked up is that uh, they had a big consulting company. Uh, I'm not gonna mention in particular which consulting uh, company is, And they came across, get a whole lot of ideas, I think about 800 ideas or so on uh, terms of what to do to, to, to transform uh, the, the, the operations. And then um, that didn't go well, and then they all of a sudden looked for another uh, 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 consulting company. And then that also came up and added on top of it. The point I'm trying to make is that it's not a shortage of ideas where to start, but rather it's more of uh, what, sol- what problem am I trying to solve? So I therefore looked and worked with a team from the various departments, from IM operations and so forth, really understanding what is the problem that we're trying to solve? What is it that we're really solving for? And what is the big picture that we're trying to achieve over a long period? And I I learned that once that was defined, it was quite easy to fill in the, 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 the missing ones in between that. So what do I mean by that is, firstly, we had to come up with a bold strategy. So the bold strategy was very clear that we needed a 40% uplift in the next five years in terms of our bottom line. And a majority of that value should be coming from uh, the transformation strategy that we're embarking on. And secondly, it was also a link into the market cap to say from where we are, where do you see ourselves in five years time in terms of growth and particularly what role this strategy plays. And lastly, is that what exactly is the trapped value that exists within the system? And how will this transformation help the organization unlock? And we figured that uh, once we clarified that, it became much more simpler. We were not looking for ideas, but rather we were solving problems. And in the process, there were ideas that were solving those problems. And uh, most importantly, we also looked at uh, learning from the industry, you know, so uh, the industry has a lot of point solutions. So what we call point solutions is every part of the value chain tend to have a lot of innovation that they're doing within those uh, pockets. Uh, Some refer to it as silos, uh, but we refer to it as point solutions. And uh, often enough, it's, it's, it's really out of a good intent to, to have those point solutions. But what it tend to do is it optimizes silos, not necessarily unlocking the entire value chain. As you can imagine, in anything that you do, if you only optimize one part of it, you will see the best of that part, but not necessarily getting the whole entire value chain benefit. So really, I think in a nutshell, Majority, not just zaro or Anglo-American, also majority of the, of the people that are in mining industry and my colleagues, they tend to suffer from where to start.
0: You mentioned, obviously, there's plenty of ideas. It's obviously understanding where the problems and challenges are and what needs to be solved. Would you say a lot of the operations that you've come across, there's similar problems and challenges amongst those. Is there a common theme?
1: Yeah, certainly. I think mining is the same. I mean, uh, if you talk talking to an underground uh, operator, will tell you that it's all about safety first, making sure that the employees are safe, you're able to track them where they are, making sure that wherever the sections uh, that you're cutting, whatever commodity that it's safe, and it also can do that efficiently and re- reliably. So, and also knowing what the problem is in real time, so that you are able to take corrective action. And also visibility of that particular value chain is quite uh, important, knowing exactly in real time what is happening so that you can respond appropriately. Uh, I think also, similarly, if you look at open cast across the world, similar kind of challenges, um, really you're, you're overburdened stripping, what we call the topsoil and so forth. You need to open up to get your ore or whatever commodity that you're mining. And that tends to be one of the key bottlenecks in majority of the mining industries. How you handle contractors becomes one of the similar kind of challenges. I've worked at, uh, like I said, Los Bronces. That was one of the key bottlenecks that really we suffered. Yeah, I worked also in most of our coal mines in Anglo-American, similarly, and the same year with my current company. So we, mining companies in general tend to have uh, common problems.
0: Um, culture plays a major role in any any organization um or strategic transformation how do you drive the correct culture to get people along um, and i suppose all on the same journey
1: yeah look i mean culture they talk about culture it's a strategy for breakfast right and uh, uh, if you don't have the right culture you're as good as that you know and uh, and one is to understand what culture is. It's, it's how we do things here. And uh, if you're looking at the uh, transformative strategy, like the digital transformation, for instance, um, it's really changing how people do things. And it's really taking a lot out of uh, personal experience that uh, people have had. And in some cases, it actually challenges personal experiences because it, you know, you've got accurate data that is not biased, that doesn't have feelings, uh, that uh, strictly look at the facts. So all of a sudden you have to make, you have to make fact-based decisions uh, from intuitive uh, dominant decisions that are based on experience only. I'm not taking away intuition and experience, but I'm saying it's a huge culture shock that has to take place really at the the leadership level and also across the organization in terms of how you do things. So one of the key things uh, in terms of culture is that in mining, one of our core problems in culture is bigger is better. So whatever that we want to do, we want a big truck, you want a big machine, you want everything bigger. Uh, We tend to think of it as better because I've got a big truck, so I can load more tons. But I think, again, um, you know, when you're looking at the innovative world and the digital transformation, it's talking more about factual decisions and getting data to find trapped value within the resources that you have. So for instance, and I like giving this example, it's like uh, you look at your navigator, right? So back in the days, I I know in South Africa, we had what we call the Atlas book, where it gave you all the maps for all the towns and all of those things that that you you had to use to to get to a certain place. So culturally, you expected to have a book in your car uh, that you would read to to, to get to a certain destination. So... From there on, um, I think technology came through. You had your own gumming that you you could put on the windscreen with a pre-programmed software, which would then now take you closer to the place. But if there was a change of address or change of a street, it will still take you into that bush or wherever that it last updated from there. And then fast track to what is happening today, you've got live Google feed of exactly what you're driving yeah. against and the traffic and real speed and real activities that are, that are happening. So certainly if you had to interpret culture shock, you would look at somebody that is looking at that book, looking for a street, trying to draw a road to get to a certain place, calling, getting lost, all of a sudden to a real-time fact-based uh, direction guide, Uh, that tells you this is the most cost-effective way, Uh, this is the speed that you're going to drive, this is the time that you're going to arrive, there's certain uh, traffic officers on the roads, there's an accident. And even while driving, it can also tell you that, you know what, this road is not optimal anymore. Rather change direction because of this and that. So it's a real culture shock if you take similar concept into a mining environment. And if you really understand mining, you'll understand that uh, mining is really a legacy game. It's all about legacy, it's all about experience, it's all about history. So you taking everything and challenging it to much more technology effect-based conversations, which therefore changes the way that people work. So, And uh, I'll elaborate more. I mean, in South Africa, you also have another challenge where majority of our operations are are, are labor intensive. So you introducing uh, disruptive technology in those spaces where chances are you need to take away repetitive tasks uh, that people do and then introduce some of the the repetitive tasks through technology to to do some of that work. You're also not relying on people. Uh, That means you probably tend to change the skill sets of your your labor that you have, which also then changes culturally the interaction that takes place with the workforce. And then uh, also in terms of decision-making, mining is quite uh, uh, capital-intensive and very much not as agile, you know, uh, to change and adopt to things. And like I mentioned in my navigation example, the, the latest way of doing navigation is quite agile because it tells you the challenges that are there. But mining is not as agile as, as, the, as, the, as the, the latest other industries, you know, uh, like startups and so forth. So what you tend to find is that by introducing technology to these operations, it requires a change in mindset, uh, starting from the leadership perspective, and then also the general workforce, and also how you interpret uh, what we call problems and challenges within the operations, and very much heavily reliance in terms of facts and data-driven uh, conversations. So what did we do? I mean, we understand what it means, but uh, one of the things that we do is we realize that with the traditional mindset that we had, it was not going to get us where we are supposed to, especially when you're dealing with something that we're not sure of, because I think majority of uh, technology companies, you know, it's a trial and error. You know, you try out something, you get feedback, you look out for the next solution and so forth. But mining is quite costly to do that, you know, because by nature, you cannot buy something worth millions and millions and then say, no, it's not working or change that. You will be bankrupt very soon. So one of the things that we introduced that really had greatly was what you call the, the, the startup culture. Uh, I think if you want to know more, there's uh, Eric wrote a book, uh, The Startup Way. So... What the, the, the startup way talks about is that what makes the smaller companies successful. And uh, one of the things that we learned and that we had to teach uh, the organization was how do you find feedback quickly and change what needs to be changed so that you have a better product. And uh, we started introducing the language of minimum viable product. So instead of going for a massive uh, waterfall kind of project approach, we would come up with a smaller version of what we want to do, test out the concept, and then see whether it, it works, get the feedback, and then implement. And that really helped foster the, the the culture in terms of decision-making. The other thing that was quite challenging and uh, how we sorted it out was you know as a listed company there's a lot of bureaucracy you know governance and uh, all the regulatory work to be able to be auditable but in hindsight that also brings delays in the process and when you're talking about technology you cannot afford to wait such a long time to get feedback. So we had to look at our governance processes uh, within the organization. We also had to train the workforce in terms of how do we, what does agility mean and what does a startup way mean? Um, to give you another example, uh, during that time when we're doing this, there's a mine called, uh, what we call Belfast Digital and Connected Mine, really our flagship, in terms of digital transformation. So the mine was projected to start, uh, I think, and an end of 2019. And through this concept, we started looking at how is it possible that we can start up a small box cut, start mining there and test the entire value chain of the entire mine and the technology that we need in that mine, and if it works on that small, uh, box cut, as we expand and complete the mine, continue to expand and develop on that technology. And that uh, mine, through that innovation and culture change, it was able to deliver the first call about uh, almost a year uh, earlier than it was anticipated, which uh, the market loves so much. So it was really more about uh, the governance processes, decision-making, the way that we think, and also making sure that people do not feel threatened um, by the technology. They see the opportunity that they play into into that place. And uh, the reason why I say that is that we often think that uh, technology takes away jobs, takes away our role, but in mining, a lot has to do with core development. So we had to teach people that majority of the work as much as it changes there's a lot of core development and developing of new skills that then uh, the unions became comfortable with and as we speak uh, we haven't taken away any of those jobs that they were doing but rather developed new technical jobs like data science integrated value chain managers and im skills that were not there and also uh, look at business improvement guys that look at uh, key decision making. We implemented things like uh, integrated operation centers where instead of working in silos from the different departments, we have a a lead from the different parts of the value chain sitting together, monitoring the whole entire process, making decisions about the value chain in real time, chasing the same goal. And that has really even changed uh, the interpretation of their role in the business. Instead of just making sure that they tip coal, they're now interested to know whether the processing plant is working or is on maintenance. And if it's not working, how do we then optimize the resources while it's still on maintenance and so forth? So that has been really one of the biggest uh, uh, culture changes. And uh, one of the other ones that really made a significant impact is the way that uh, we looked at business. I mean, traditionally, it's all about uh, you know making sure that you're safe. Productivity is about producing more and more and more and uh, with less cost. And really, that has been uh, the traditional miner. I think all the miners will agree with me that traditionally we're trained to do that. But I think what has been one of the culture changes that is really disruptive and uh, can only be possible through proper deployment of uh, uh, digital transformation strategy was what we call the market resource, where instead of just looking at those costs, more production and safety, safety still remains there. But what we looked at was more, what does the market want? And how does the value chain align to what the market wants? So instead of just producing and producing and stockpiling, which costs more, we're now dictated by the particular product and the qualities that the customer is looking for. When does the customer want a certain product and how efficiently is it to run it at a certain time? So sometimes we actually would stop operations, take advantage of other activities because we've got insights of the market. And that is really like turning mining upside down. And uh, it's not necessarily the traditional way that mining is done. And uh, a lot of that work had to be done to, uh, you know, senior leaders in terms of training and understanding that strategy, middle managers, and uh, also the, the, the supervisory at the, at the, at the front line and also the operators themselves uh, to really reinterpret what optimization is. So it became much more focused on the EBIT and the bottom line contribution of the business rather than just producing more and more. And that has been one of the biggest shift uh, in the organizations uh, that was also driven by, by uh, the technology transformation that Xara went through.
0: Um. Obviously, now you're a mining manager. Um, have your views changed in some of the strategies that, you're, that you were driving forward um, as a business optimization manager? Um, and what do miners really need to be successful at the coalface?
1: Look, uh, you'll never please a miner, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly, look, um, it's one thing talking strategy it's another thing being on the call face. And one thing that um, I've learned, and uh, I mean, really I spent a good two years uh, driving strategy, as mentioned earlier, and a good uh, almost three years uh, driving operations. So the platform changes drastically in terms of what you worry about. So I, I think in the previous role was more driving adoption, making sure that there's clarity on the strategy, making sure that the goal is clear, making sure that we understand the problem, integrating the value chain, making sure that people are on the bus and that the leadership is driving the right message and making sure that we you know, clean out the governance and support uh, and uh, making sure that we do things, uh, what we call um, uh, collaborative sessions where we would invite uh, people into an Imbizo. In African culture, an Imbizo is when the elders sit together with the larger congregation to put together minds and share ideas about certain things. So uh, I would do that with all the operations to get input into that and uh, look at what we can drive, what idea, test it in one operation and scale it into other operations. But as a mining manager now, Driving those things, Uh, you've got contractors on site. Contractors are worried about a different thing. I've got a contract to move so much volumes. I need to come in, move it, get out and use as minimum resources as possible with less cost as possible and make the maximum profit. But then contracts are also time-based. It's like three years and so forth. And with the massive transformative strategy that you have and you're going out to the market, there's no contractor that will come in every three years to bring that particular change. So it means that the cost of contractor becomes high. The culture in terms of what contractors, so it's more of a business partner beyond just the the, the contractor. So you also need to look at strategies that advance Uh, uh, development of technology, Uh, training of skills. You know, usually contractors bring their own people and then uh, at the end of the contract, they can take their key people. But then when you're driving a continuous improvement strategy would continuously wants you to innovate and learn and, you know, relearn and learn and relearn, you tend to develop a certain culture. And when your key contractor keeps changing, there's a lot of losses in terms of culture that comes in. And I think really that has been one of the challenges that i faced. Uh, I mean, in the first year I I had to work with a contractor look at the tracking of the equipment using data science. And in one case in the operation, contractors contribute almost 60% of our cost. And that's a massive amount of cost. So it means attention in terms of the transformation for value would have to be in terms of the contractors. But then, as, as mentioned, that you're not worried about the same thing. You're worried about the future of the business. Contractor is worried about today's profit. You know, will I make it to tomorrow? So there is a big gap, right? Skills upliftment. How do you uplift somebody that only see a three-year tenure in that operation? So really quite a, a dynamic space. The other one, it's really the challenges around uh, you know, um, the energy transformation journey that we're in. I mean, coal, is known that uh, you know due to the carbon emissions, it's really under attack to relook at uh, the emissions that we have. Um, So reinterpreting that, what it means into operations and making sure that we not only talk about it, but it's tangible in terms of the results and hits the bottom line. So we looked at the diesel efficiencies in terms of the trucks, looking at uh, technology that we can use to move away from fossil fuels. And over and above that, it's really looking at uh, the driver's behavior Uh, that consumes energy, which is where the biggest uh, uh, spend is. And then you also look at the design of the pit uh, as to whether the design, the way that you design, does it support efficiencies and how do you use technologies to enhance that efficiency? So that was one of the key projects that I did. So also integrating of systems. I looked at uh, Integrating of diesel monitoring, driver behavior, uh, a, a, a stiffness of the of the ramps or the areas that are mining, and collaborate all those different technologies uh, and tracking of human behavior to find more or less a common denominator in those systems and change the way in which uh, we we work. But in that. What has been quite different is the engagement that, you know, you can do this analysis. It's one part, it's only the one part. But then the change management that is involved to get people to use this thing as a mining manager has been probably the most difficult one. You know, So adoption, making sure that people are not forced or the the tools, they are not forced to use the tools, but the tools are working for the people. So that has been one of the key things. The other thing has really been around uh, policy, right? Uh, Government policy is one of the key things that we're facing every day. Key stakeholders in in running operations is the community in which you operate in and um, the need for for employment, the need for contracts, the need for local participation, which in the mining charter requires that the work that you do is about 30% of that. But then you are, a mine is usually closer to a less developed area. The skills around the community is usually very less in South Africa, but the charter requires you to do about 30% of the work with that local community. So it requires different ways of thinking of getting them on board to the same level of this transformative strategy that you want them to. And uh, with the local dynamics of the community, it, it's sometimes a, a bit more challenging. And uh, remember, in politics in South Africa, at least every five years, there's elections. If you're lucky, you know, you get the same person, but uh, chances are very high that you go through different leaders. Uh, that drive different things within the 30% of empowerment that you're looking for. So those are real hardcore things that uh, that you find that are not necessarily in that space uh, that you find at a strategic level but are are much more operational. The the other things that I've seen quite, uh, 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 you know, that was really insightful as well at the operational level, is also what you call the mineral integration into the value chain. So I, I earlier spoke about market to resource where you look at the market and you design to say they're looking for this product. But then in reality, as an operations manager, the geology of a certain area might not suit uh, the market at the time. So it's not as flexible to change the mining area to a different mining area that is suitable for that particular market. So that has been one of the key changes. So the losses that are, uh, that are associated with that are often not uh, thought of at a strategic level because I think strategy makes sense, respond to customer demand, make sure you do that. But on a geological front, the certain geology that is good for certain area. And if you've invested to strip or open up that area, uh, if you are closer to coal and you find that the market is not necessarily looking to that particular type of coal, you are therefore very much challenged and operationally. But what we also did, we therefore started applying some innovation and, and intelligence around that space where we've got a view of the strata, the geology, And as we mine, in real time, it can tell us the qualities associated with that area, which therefore informs the processing plant what measures to put in place to respond appropriately. And uh, also aligning uh, with our marketing counterparts to see the entire value chain working. But it really takes a lot of uh, collaboration, Uh, I mean, from – you know, your mineral resource managers, uh, which is the technical department, the engineering, uh, and also your processing, uh, your stakeholders and so forth. So the entire, entire value chain. So in reality, it requires a lot more collaboration and teamwork uh, to make it happen. Uh, and uh, sometimes really the speed and reaction time into this might not be as much as you wish for when you're talking uh, at a strategic level. And most importantly, what made it easier for us was the demonstration of value into these initiatives. And I think, uh, early on, when I spoke about culture, it's very much easier uh, to convince people or to get the journey going when people see the benefit. I think we had a goal of a uh, 6 billion rand contribution uh, to Exaro uh, uh, and we for the trust and the, the participation becomes a little bit much more uh, than really dragging uh, people that are stuck in the traditional ways of things. So that 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 is really uh, some of those uh, uh, challenges that are quite different uh, uh, in terms of when you run operations. And lastly, you've got uh, inspectors, right? Uh, we've got what we call the Department of Minerals and Energy that do inspections at the mine to see if we're working safely and, and so forth. And um, sometimes their standards or the expectations on the technology could be government driven that are not necessarily suitable to the strategy. So, you know, that collaboration and alignment uh, is one thing. Uh, the other external factors that have a direct influence as an operations manager like myself now. Is you have what we call uh, uh, the TFR, uh, the, the railing uh, 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 government company that does the, the rail, you know, the evacuation of coal to, to our harbor for export purposes. And currently they're supposed to perform at about 90,000, 90 million tons per annum. And they're performing at almost 55 million tons per annum. So what it means is. The work that we've put in in three years to collaborate with them in terms of tracking value across the village chain all the way to the harbor to optimize what, what we call the market to resource, where we track what we're doing, where's the cold, what kind of qualities, what are we blending within the process to get the maximum value. That has been disrupted. So as an operations manager... Yes, that is disrupted from a strategic point of view, but you still need to make sure that the mine evacuees. Circle. So you look at uh, road transport, but road transport is a totally different disruption to that strategy. So your whole technology trial that you would have put in place has now been probably you know changed drastically and you need to respond as operations to the need and the challenges that you're experiencing with the logistics uh, uh, that really are beyond your control. So majority of, the, uh, of my role is to look at things that influence operations that are beyond our control, but still make sure that we respond to that. And that really tends to be very much disruptive uh, by nature. And uh, yes, it enhances our views and uh, innovation and the way that we resolve problems keeps on changing. And we've managed to, to respond very well, but it's a whole different ball game. So the speed of execution becomes even 10 times much more important. And never forgetting that uh, really operations is about people. So if people are not happy, you know, there's all sorts of things uh, that uh, could happen, you know, uh, they can either demonstrate their unhappiness. Uh, you've got community that could also do that, uh, not necessarily related to your transformative strategy, but more to personal interest. But that has a direct influence in terms of uh, uh, and, um, your, your, your strategies that you deploy. And lastly, is nature of late, uh, the, the, the climate change, you've quite experienced it. It's been raining a lot in South Africa. You, you asked me earlier when we did the intros. Uh, we're really experiencing excessive rains. So, literally, in terms of opening up your ore, you almost have seven months in a year or six months in a year, where traditionally you'd have a longer period. But then that also forces for new innovation in that space where you look at operations and digital or technology that could still be able to strip without necessarily depending on the weather. So, you look, instead of moving trucks and excavators to load the material, you can look at uh, slot dosing or automated dosing technology uh, that can dose off material, which is less dependent on the rain and stuff, and can give you that trust. And so, those are some of the things that we're looking at. And uh, because of the labour issues that we spoke about, we would also look at um, the autonomous trucks, so, we started innovating in some of the operations uh, within Exaro to look at automated trucks, automated drilling, uh, so that we, we really can respond uh, throughout all the year in terms of uh, doing what the business wants us to do.
0: I've got two more questions. Um, obviously, mining in South Africa, and obviously, we're speaking about people, um, or in, I suppose, general. Sort of work within South Africa in the mining industry is very labour intensive. How is your organisation handling sort of any job losses related to uh, the implementation of technology? And I suppose this can be not just necessarily South Africa, but other other countries around the around the world within the mining industry.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think um, it's always a sensitive. Uh, <laughs> Subject. I mean, once you speak about job losses, South Africa, sitting north of uh, 30% in terms of unemployment rate, so really a personal uh, you know, uh, issue. I mean, being in the coal business as well, really a sensitive issue because of the climate change, so really the expansion of the coal. So it's really quite a sensitive space, people wanting to protect what they have. And I mean, with number one, facing you know, the, the renewable energy challenge. Uh, uh, now you're facing the technology within the coal space. So it's really quite a, a sensitive issue globally and also locally. But I think one of the things that we've been very successful at, as a zero it's also to focus on skills development. There's a, a certain level of skills development uh, where we're looking at how do people adapt to avoid dying in the positions? Because it's really about adoption rather than dying in the positions. Uh, Secondly, we've also sold most of the advantages. So if you're looking at the safety, one of the key challenges in in mining is safety. And uh, the fatality, the frequency, the, the fatality frequency rate it has drastically reduced, mainly because of the contribution of technology. So we're saving lives within the mining space, and we've demonstrated that to the unions and also to our people. So they understand the need to actually use that technology to, 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 to safeguard life. For instance, um, people are quite aware, and we've sold that idea that Look, instead of just only looking at uh, technology, look at how it's saving lives. Uh, Number one, we introduce technologies where uh, the trucks that we're using in the mine, they are automatic handbrake. You know, whether you forget to engage a handbrake or not, the moment you take off the levers, you open the door, it automatically switches off and engages the handbrake which then safeguards and takes away and eliminates a lot of incidents that were there. We also sold uh, uh, the idea and released the benefits of it, that they can blast remotely without being there. Blasting is one of the biggest contributors, uh, contributor to multiple fatalities. So that has really helped and they've seen that. The use of underground gas monitors and technology associated with uh, automated corporations of uh, equipment also re-emphasize the benefits of, of technology in that space. However, you cannot take away the fact that people do do get a job regardless of the safety benefits. And what we've done is what we did as an organization was to commit that from the labor force that we have, we were not gonna take away people. Because really, the benefit that you get out of uh, you know making sure that you save, you drive productivity, you reduce costs, and you improve your edit from all the innovative stuff that I've shared with you far outweighs some of the salaries that uh, we're paying our employees. And South Africa, by nature, uh, compared to the first world countries, you know the salaries are, are quite low. So our challenge was quite different in that sense, unlike. You know the first world countries where the salaries are probably the biggest uh, part of the paycheck in terms of you know the cost of the mine. So we committed that we're not gonna really uh, 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 retrain labour directly because of introduction of technology, which therefore eased people. We also committed to uh, taking key individuals uh, to next level kind of development. So as I speak to the way people taken across the operations spend almost a year on data science, understanding the mystery around data science. What is data science? How do you use data? How do you develop uh, insights from data? And how do you develop things that can help you solve problems within the operations? And people see that as career path and growth within that space. We, as mentioned earlier, we've also introduced new career paths like uh, integrated value chain managers where the sole job is to look at different role players that are sitting together and look at how the value chain is optimized. Those are driven by technology, much more exciting. You know, the other thing is we've also committed to take away repetitive tasks, which tend to have a lot of errors And then now people are doing more meaningful work. And what we've seen with that is we've also shown them that instead of doing menial work, you're now starting to engage in the work because you're now doing insightful, key decision-making within that work. And those are really some of the things that uh, Zara has put forward as a strategy uh, uh, to minimize the fear or the concerns raised around uh, a few job losses.
0: Um, And summarizing, um, what's the biggest value for your organization? um, And what is your advice to other mining organizations willing to embark on a obviously similar journey around um, obviously digital transformation?
1: Look, I mean, um, I think one of the key things is, uh, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Keep it simple. Number two, what is the problem that you're trying to solve? You know, I think if organizations can always ask themselves before embarking on any strategic initiative, what exactly is the problem you're trying to solve? They'll save companies a lot of money. Because what what we tend to see or what we've learned is that people go on this journey of this technology or whatever innovation And then they try to find a problem to to solve with that. And really, that's a waste of people's time and money and resources. So work on a problem, start small, have a minimum viable product, and don't be scared to to test out what works, what doesn't work. Usually what we've often seen is that the idea that you have at the start, ultimately when moving down the, the chain, the very chain, it ultimately drastically changes the face of um, that particular project. And people shouldn't be scared to adapt and get feedback from the users about the innovation or whatever drive that they're doing. And lastly, it's all about value, right? Uh, If you do not demonstrate value and making sure that you deliver on the bottom line, on the EBIT, uh, you will lose the, the senior support and ultimately the shareholder support. Uh, I mean, uh, at the beginning of this journey, Xero committed about $2 billion, uh, towards the digital transformation. And uh, what happened is it was before COVID, right? And I think the market was up in arms. What are you going to do with so much money? What, you know... And then fortunately, we we did things like the integrated operation centers uh, that could clearly demonstrate and see value. And we demonstrated about 5% upliftment across all the operations. We integrated the resource uh, with with mining and they looked for unique problems within mining. So that's very, very important. Mining has its own embedded unique problems. If we spend time understanding those and partner with, in, with technology companies or other innovative companies to solve those problems, we'll make a leap step change uh, as leaders uh, in that space. And, and I'll, give, I'll give you an example. It's, um loading and hauling contributes to about 60% of our cost in terms of mining. Globally, that's accepted. It doesn't matter which mine. But if we focus on that as the problem and we've accepted it as a permanent fixed cost, but if we focus on that, we could reduce that cost to about 20%. And really that's what mining needs. Uh, we can learn from the farming industry where they've even changed how they plant their seeds, how they water the, the you know, which soil and soil test. So there were specific problems that are associated with that industry. And I think there's a lot more room in mining for us to to look at a specific problem that are associated with our industry. Uh, um, Yeah, so there's a specific room and opportunities to partner and solve specific uh, problems that are associated to to, to, to our industry. I mean, we can learn from the likes of even... uh, your, your automotive industry you know a car every year model that comes up comes up with new learnings that solves a problem for instance you know my car now knows that when a person is behind it automatically breaks you know it's a problem that a driver always had bumping other people but they spend spent time partnering to solve that problem and i think really there's a lot more problems uh, instead of just going around looking for the shiny gadget and adopting it, let's understand our problems and let's understand what drives our fixed cost in mining and let's partner to hit that fixed cost. And my challenge uh, as an operations leader, as a mining leader, is to say, how do we take a minimum of 50% on traditional fixed costs through adoption of innovation and technology within that space. And I think it's possible. I mean, also empowering the workforce, making sure that it's safe. Those are some of the things that we can look at uh, and really, really make sure that we do that. And yeah, and uh, be obsessed to the problem and uh, culture, uh, make sure that the culture uh, is not the traditional one, but rather look at what the new startups are doing. I mean, Startups, I'm talking about new companies. You look at the global top 10 performing companies, Amazon, all of this, they are all startups. And we in the legacy business, uh, mining goes donkey years, hundreds of years, but how come in the top 10 performing companies in the world is only all these 10 year olds, less than 10 year old companies? It's mainly because of the culture, the ability to change when something is not working, solving particularly problems that affect that business. And I think we can learn a lot from that uh, to change our industry.
0: Yeah, certainly. Pleasure, really appreciate your uh, time giving us a really detailed um, description of obviously um, the new digital world and how we can uh, obviously affect our or you know, improve our operations, certainly mining operations. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, um, what social media platforms are you on? Obviously you're going to also gonna be at the Minds and Money event. So um, I'm sure any of our audience who are gonna be attending will certainly see your your talk and um, yeah. obviously have questions for you and obviously approach you at the event.
1: Yeah. No, thanks. I think uh, once again, thanks for the opportunity, Rob. Uh, Really, you know, um, interesting podcast and also the opportunity to share and learn from uh, the mining uh, community in the Mines and Money. So looking forward to that. Um, I'm easily reachable on my LinkedIn. So really quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, Just look for Pleasure Nisi. Uh, You should be able to find me. Uh, uh, And then also Twitter, Pleasure Nisi. You can find me there. And alternatively, my email address, uh, which is pleasure.unice.xaro.com. Uh, those are the platforms that I'm easily reachable. Uh, and uh, I respond to most of the people that uh, need to interact or have a conversation or share ideas. And uh, really also quite interested in the leadership space and what we can do as leaders in the mining space and also investment into Africa. Uh, and so forth in, within yeah. the mining, and we So, looking forward to that. Yeah, certainly. Well, we we include
0: those um, back, um, social media links in the the um, show notes accompanying this podcast, so it, people can easier reach out to you. Um, like I said, really yeah. appreciate your time. Those that are listening, there's a lot to take away from from that, and obviously, we're moving into a new digital era. Uh, and obviously, the mining industry probably always takes that little bit slower to ad- to adapt and adopt uh, digital transformation. And obviously, um, pleasures really outlined a lot of things that our industry can look. So, those that are listening, appreciate your continued support. Please share this uh, episode amongst everyone that you know in the industry um, because obviously something there's bits there that people can take away. No matter what you do within the mining industry, there's certainly a lot of things to unpack and listen. um, And hopefully you can take that into your into your operation. So thank you for thank you for, thank you for listening um, please if you're going to if you're looking at going to mine some money um there's going to be uh, information to to get tickets in the show notes accompanies podcast there's obviously a discount ticket ticket or discount code to get tickets as well so until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time Happy Mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.